this. He said, first of all, the grace of God has appeared unto all men. Then he said, look what grace of God will teach you. Denying ungodliness and worldly loss. That's what the grace of God will teach you. <laughs> Hello. That's what the grace of God will teach you. Denying ungodliness and worldly lusts. And teach us that we should live how? Soberly? What else? Righteously? What else? Godly? And let me stop and tell you this. As having taught school for 30 some years, and, and one of my major areas of expertise was words. I enjoyed teaching words. You got eight parts of speech. And this is what you need when you go and you study God's word. This will help you. I know some of you didn't like English, but it's important. You don't have to always have a subject and the verb agreeing to communicate. Now, what do you mean by that? If you have a plural subject, you need a plural verb. Instead of saying you, which is a plural subject, you don't say no, you is. <laughs> because the, the verb that goes along with the subject will be you are. But don't be like the man that was criticized, the late Dezidine. 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 Was his name Dezidine? Used to broadcast the sports. And he uh, was not educated in the sense, but he knew how to call and pronounce plays when they have ball games. And he would split a verb in a minute. And one day he was pulled on a carpet, Reggie. He said, man, you know, you're on the radio and you splitting them verbs. <laughs> so, and so he said, well, what, what, what would you rather say? This is, this is his comeback. This is how he rebuttaled them, criticizing him. What would you say? What sound better to you? I is rich or, or I am poor. <laughs> Did you get it? better to you. I is rich or I am poor. Grammatically, I and am will go together. Uh, but if you want to talk about what you got, I, I, come on, I'll take I is rich any day. <laughs> any day of I am poor, you know, praise God. Before I was going to tell you, praise God, about this, what we just read. I got these eight parts of speech, and it's so important that when you're reading God's Word, it'll help you. And that way you won't uh, take something out of context. When you see a word that ends in L-Y, that's an adverb. Adverbs tell you how to do something. Okay? You can take a verb and add L-Y to it. And it becomes an adverb. Now go back to me, because an adverb would do what? Tell you how to do something. That's if it's a regular word. Because you do have some irregular words. And I'm, I don't want to get into teaching you a whole English lesson. I could do it, but I don't want to get into it for the sake we've got to get through the class. Because you have what we call regular and irregular. But regular adverbs, L-Y, tell you how something is done. You can take an adjective. This stove is hot. H-O-T. Okay? But uh, you can also say, you can use the word hotly. <laughs> when you take a, a, an adjective and you want to compare 
a regular adjective. Now you need to hear this, this will help you. A regular adjective. You want to compare. In other words, if I have someone here and I say, uh, TJ can run fast. The adjective is telling me that TJ can run fast. But if I take someone else, I'll take Charles. Now, Charles can outrun TJ, which means if I'm going to use Charles, I would say Charles can run what? Faster. But if Jamal can outrun Charles and TJ, then Jamal is what kind of run? The fastest. So you see that. But when you get one, that's how you do a regular word. But as if, if it's irregular, it changes, but you don't add E-R or E-S-T. Let me give you an example. All right, we'll use the same guys again. TJ is good at what he does. But Charles is better. Is better. See how you change? We didn't add no good up. <laughs> and we didn't add no good is. <laughs> Stay with me. I'm trying to help you. Is this happening in the body? Okay, but Jamal, what he does, he does what he does better than he and him. So Jamal works his what? Best. Guess what God wants? The best. He don't want you to be gooder than me. <laughs> <laughs> but he wants you to do what? The best. Yes. He wants your best. It is happening to God. Hallelujah. And that's what that's what Titus saying. God wants your best. Yes, he does. And he's saying this. Go back. Let me show you something. He's saying this. This is around verse twelve. He said, "Teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly." That's how y'all live. Righteously. And what else? Godly. Where? In this world. Now. Now. You got to wait to get to heaven to do this. He said when? Right now. You ought to be living soberly, godly, and what? Righteously. Well, praise his name. I know I'm teaching you what's right. Let's go back. And then this is what's so important. That's why I took you here. Looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of a great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. That's why you ought to live soberly, righteously. And you ought to live godly in this present world because you're looking for that glorious appearance. That's talking about the rapture. You're looking for that glorious appearance of our great God and Savior. Who? That's what you're looking for. That's why you're living soberly. That's why you're living righteously. And that's why you're living godly. Hallelujah. Because of who's coming after you. Let's go on. I'm almost finished. Who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity. The word iniquity means lawlessness. And he wants to purify us unto himself. What kind of people? Peculiar people. Peculiar not in the sense that you're strange looking. 
Is that what he's talking about, peculiar people? You're peculiar because you're in a world that, that is not living righteously. In a world that's not living godly. In a world that's not living soberly. So he's saying, you're peculiar. Because they'll look at you and say, you know, and you say, no, man, I don't drink that off you. you know, no, no thank you. What? All this free liquor here, you talking about you don't drink. And they got an open bar. No, man. No thank you. You mean, come on, get you, get you one of these girls. No, man. I'm married. Me too. <laughs> no, man. Listen, listen. Do you see how you can live in this present world and be peculiar to people? Because you choose to do what? You choose to live righteously, soberly, and godly. Hallelujah. But it's a choice. It's a choice. And the thing is, this is the good part about it. We used to do that. But the Apostle Paul was saying, we used to do that. But if you're saying that you're a child of God, you should be doing that now. Now, 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 Brandon, let me tell you something. You said, well, you know, I'm, I'm, the Lord blessed me. He saved me. Hallelujah. And, and I'm still having some struggle. You're right. <clears throat> if this was a bottle full of alcohol, liquor, and I took that liquor and I poured all of that alcohol out. I poured it out. And I did this. What am I going to smell? I'm still smith's back on. So I put some water in it. Rinse it out and I pour it out. What happened? I'm still smelling. You know, let me tell you this. The book of Ephesians said the word of God is the water that washes you. Get it again. The word of God is water. It washes. The word of God is like water. It washes you. So it may take uh, some more washing. Come on, somebody. I, I'm not talking about the outside. Because you can wash the outside up and the inside still. But, but God's not through with us yet. Come on, somebody. The more words you get in you, the more words you get in you, the word is washing you. Yeah. It's cleaning you. Remember I told you part of our body? They're part of you that you don't see. Yeah. He's not done with me yet. Amen. Because I got a desire. Glory to God. That desire is to live for. Yeah. And the Lord knows it. Because let's get on back to Samuel so you can see. David was a man. And we'll stop here. And, and, and let me stop this. Then we're going to leave, leave here. Who gave himself for us. That he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of what kind of works? Good works. These things speak and exhort and rebuke with all authority and let no man despise. Glory to God. Hallelujah. For doing that. All right. Now. Listen, don't let nobody despise you for living right. Ask me what kind of queer are you? What's wrong with you? Don't let them cause you to be despised because you live right. Because you got to stand before God one day. Not them. You want to hear God say what? Well done. Thy good and faithful servant. Hallelujah. I want to hear. That's, that's why I, I press on. Go back to the book of King. Uh, Samuel. Go back to Samuel. Second Samuel. Some of you weren't here the last time. So I'm just going back so... I want to let you see this and God give me the grace and the mercy. <laughs> look. Look. <laughs> look. This came in the mail today. I haven't even opened it up, so that's probably something I don't need anyway. 
<laughs> but God is a good God. I want you to go with me to 2 Samuel. Remember the book was written by Samuel. Samuel was a young man whose mother couldn't have any children initially. But then God blessed his mother's womb. Her name was Hannah. And not only did she have seven, she had, I believe it was four or five more children. So God is a womb opener. But he also is a tomb opener. God will open your womb. Hallelujah. So here we are in 2 Samuel chapter 13. I started this last week. And uh, some of this I've already gone through, so I'm going to just show you. So please tell you about it. Watch this. We started off by telling you around verse 13, this is where David had several sons by several different women. They had different mothers, but he was their father. So listen. <clears throat> David had one son whose name was Absalom. Absalom, and you'll see this if you read this, and I'm sure if you went home last week, you probably went on and read some of you. Maybe you didn't. You waited on me. So hopefully I won't disappoint you. <laughs> Absalom was good looking. He was a handsome young man. He had his hair was so thick he cut once a year. He like it weighed anywhere from five to seven pounds of hair. He was so good looking from his head to his feet. Yeah. Right. He he caught the attention of men and women. Absalom, good looking young man. He was one of David's sons. He had a sister whose name was Tamar. T-A-M-A-R. Tamar was a pretty young lady, good-looking young lady. And one of her brothers, which was her half-brother, saw Tamar and he was so in love with her until it really made him sick. He wanted his half-sister. And in that particular culture, that happened. And God perpetuated. And God caused all things to work, to work, work for the good, work together for the good. For those that love the Lord, God, God didn't sanction it. But there were things that happened. The word of God said in Acts chapter 17, there was a time when God winked at ignorance. But he's now calling all men to repentance. That is not God's will, so stay with me. So she was so good looking, made him sick, he wanted her. And his, his continent showed that he was in distress. And that's what we had taken up last week just to show you this. I'm going to skip about so go there so I can just show you this. In verse 2, it said that Ammon was so vexed that he fell sick for his sister Tamar. For she was a virgin and Ammon thought it hard for him to do anything to her. Well, he thought about it. I, I can't have her because of her purity, her virginity. So he wouldn't go into his sister. So he thought about it. But when you get to verse 3, look at verse 3, everybody. But, B-U-T. Ammon had a what? Friend. I told you last week, circle that. Ammon had a friend. And let's cut through the chase that gave bad advice. Right. Told him what you ought to do. So I tell you what you do. This is his friend telling him. Pretend that you're sick. Tell your daddy that you want your sister to come in and take care of you. That's the advice he gave him. Ammon took that advice. Told David. Now, now David said something because he didn't sit in right away. But finally 
He did okay and sent her in to feed him. And when she went in to feed her brother, he took her. Now this is what he, his friend told him to do. Now let me just show you. Come back, watch this. This is, I'll do verse 3 again. But Ammon had a friend whose name was Jonadab. Now you're going to see him again, so stay with me. He was a son of Shema, David's brother. And Jonadab was a very son of me. He said unto him, said, Why art thou being the sons, the king's son, lean from day to day? He looked at his face. Why are you, why are you looking like this? And Ammon said unto him, I love Tamar, my brother, Absalom's sister. Jonadab said unto him, now watch his advice. Lay thee down on your bed and make yourself sick. <laughs> and when your father come to see you, say unto him, I pray you let my sister Tamar come and give me meat and dress the meat in my sight that I may see it and eat it at her hand. In other words, let her do it while I'm looking at her in my sight. Go with me. Ammon lay down, made himself sick. And when the king was come to see him, Ammon said unto the king, I pray thee, let her come in and make me a couple of cakes in my sight that I may eat at her hand. Verse 7. David sent home to Tamar saying, Go now to your brother's Ammon house and dress him meat. So she went to her brother's Ammon house. And he was laid down. She took flour and kneaded it and made cakes in his sight. And so on and so forth. She baked the bread and she took the pan. She poured it out before him. He was watching all of this, but he refused to eat. That was not his motive. He was not what? He wasn't hungry. Now I want you to follow this because this is the word of the Lord. And, and as I was studying this, I said, oh my God. Listen. And, and I won't take you there, but I want you to hear what you're going to see. This is the advice of a friend. And the long range effect of that bad advice. Now you listen to me. Cause conspiracy cause murder, cause vengeance, cause angry, cause David to get up and leave his throne, cause this man, this same man, Absalom, to be exiled from his dad, murder, just, just conspiracy, just all kinds of stuff yes, from that bad advice. Yes, and some of you, you need to listen. If you've given somebody bad advice, you've caused some things. And you think you've gotten away, but the advice that you gave, you couldn't see the bad advice and all of the things that have happened as a result of it. It could even be with your own children. Don't be your friend. Just keep that thought in mind. It could be with your own children. I was studying the word of the Lord. And I read where Herod had all his friends around him and got into a drunken stupor. He was so drunk. He was telling all these other kings about his stepdaughter. Came in, danced before the kings. And they had gotten into the alcohol and had even asked her, what did she, excuse, what did she want up to half the kingdom? She could have it. She said, give me a minute. Went back, asked her mom, said, what should I ask for? She said, ask for John the Baptist's head. 
on a charger. Now why did, why did she want John the Baptist's head on a charger? Now this is what you need to know. Put your finger here. Put your finger here. Go to Matthew chapter 14. Show you about advice. Some of us have done that and you've cut people off. You've given them bad advice. And now you've gone. I'm going to show you something. I said, Lord, look at this word. If you got it, say amen. amen. All right. You know, we're still on Route 66. We're still in the book, so stay with me. This is in Matthew chapter 14. Everybody got it? At that time, Herod the Tetrarch heard of the fame of Jesus. He said unto his servants, verse 1, said, This is John the Baptist. He is risen from the dead, and therefore mighty works do show forth themselves in him. For Herod had laid hold on John and bound him and put him in prison for Herodias' sake, his brother Philip's wife. Everybody look at that. But John had said unto him, said, It is not lawful for thee to have her. And when he would have put him to death, he feared the multitude because they counted him as a prophet. But when Herod birthday was kept, the daughter of Herodias danced before them and pleased Herod. Whereupon he promised with an oath to give her whatsoever she would ask. And she being before instructed of her mother said, I know it. I know he's going to ask you. Her mother instructed her and said to her, give me John the Baptist's head in a charge. Everybody with me? Amen. And the king was sorry. Nevertheless, for the oath, he had made an oath. And them which sat with him at meat, he commanded it to be given her. And he sent, and he beheaded John in prison. And his head was brought in a charge and given to the dancer, and she brought it to her mother. The disciples came, they took up the body, and they buried it, and they went, and they told Jesus. I'm going to give you some more of this. But just for the sake of the class, I'll tell you this. Let me tell you this. According to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, you don't have to go there, just put a note. You're going to get a new body. Do you think when John the Baptist is seen in heaven, he's walking around headless? You're going to get a new body. And Jesus even said this in the 10th chapter of Matthew. So what I'm teaching, you got to write it down someplace. 10th chapter of Matthew. Listen. Don't fear those that can kill the body. All right. If you're going to fear anyone, fear he that can kill both the body and the water. Soul. That's his word. But John the Baptist had told Herod the truth. Let's stop that for a minute. The truth can cause you to get your head cut off. <clears throat> if they don't cut your head off, they'll cut you off. Y'all ain't hearing me. You see, telling the truth is risky business. But the word of God said, but if you continue, in my word, All right now. ye should know the truth. Yes. And the truth will do what? Make you free. Herod, when the only one that had committed adultery. So it would have been easy to repent. Because we're going to go here now and we're going to show you what David. David was a man after God's own heart. Not only was he a murderer, he was a bad dad. We're going to see why. You often heard me say that. I'm going to show you. He was not the best dad. But it's hard. God saw his heart. Yes, he did. Thank you. 
God, looking at your heart. That's what you got. Be ye transformed with a new mind. That's what God looking at. He's not putting up all of your past to condemn you. Hallelujah. He gives you an opportunity to get a new heart. How you get a new heart? You repent. Amen. Ask God for forgiveness. And he'll do it. Hallelujah. And even while we're teaching, God will, he, he will uncover, he will reveal your heart, the thoughts. The word of God is so powerful and so quick. It will, it will discern your thoughts and the intent of your heart. That's how powerful God's word is. When I start studying God's word, I said, my God, the word will speak when everybody else is quiet. And you won't tell me the truth, but the word will. The word will. The Bible says faithful is the wound of a friend. If, if, if I'm going to tell you the truth, even if you feel wounded, you'll get over. It'll heal. But tell me the truth. You owe me that. And while you assassinate somebody else's character, are you telling them what you did and what kind of advice you gave or didn't give? Go back. Show you something. I just want you to see when I say something, I'm not making it up. Amen? Amen. Okay. So that was John the Baptist. And, and, and she gave bad advice because he had been with his brother, fellow wife. And John the Baptist told him, said, you know what? He said that uh, you broke the law by doing that. She never did. Let that get out of her. She was so bitter toward him. It, it festered. Now we're going to show what happened. Let me tell you something else, everybody, while we get on this lesson. Don't let bitterness and unforgiveness and resentment take hold in your mind because they got roots. You better hear me. It can be in your thoughts, but they got roots. And roots travel. I've seen roots were so strong, Brother Parnell, they would attach themselves to a chain link fence. Hallelujah. And you have to try to cut it off. Listen, it was so strong it had it had woven itself. I got it. My, 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 my house, we got uh, hedges, and those hedges had grown into the fence. Almost in order to get the hedge, you had to cut the fence. They had wrapped themselves. Unforgiveness to do that. And resentment. They take roots. And you go to the doctor. I want everybody to hear this. You go to the doctor. You're not feeling well. And they take x-rays. And they can't detect what the problem is. Unforgiveness don't show up on the x-ray. <clears throat> Hate don't show up on an x-ray. Malice doesn't show up on an x-ray. Hallelujah. But there is a cure. And God will heal you. He'll do it. I know what I'm talking about. Hate will destroy you. My God. Hate will destroy you. And holding in your heart vengeance for years, plotting and scheming. And then you bring somebody, you don't have a scheme by yourself. If you scheme, you're going to bring somebody else in with you whether you know it or not. And the way you do it, because you, you got something in, and you run your mouth, you're going to call somebody else not to attach themselves to me. Stay with me. 
Let's go to the book. Hallelujah. We are now, praise God, we are around verse, I want to go around verse 11. 13, 11. So when she brought them unto him to eat what he asked for, he took hold of her and said unto her, said, Come lie with me, my sister. And she answered him, Nay, my brother, do not force me. But no such thing ought to be done in Israel. Do not doubt this father, this foolishness. And I, whether shall I cause my shame to go? And as for thee, thou shalt be as one of them, one of the fools in Israel. Now therefore I pray thee, speak unto the king, for he will not withhold me from thee. In other words, she said, listen, don't do this. Ask the king. I'm not your whole sister. He'll give you to me. You to me. Give me to you. Howbeit he would not hearken unto her voice. Look at this. But being stronger than she, he forced her and he lay with her. Watch what the Bible said. Then Ammon hated her exceedingly, so that the hatred wherewith he hated her was greater than the love wherewith he had loved her. And Ammon said unto her, Arise, and get up and get out of here. She said unto him, There's no cause. This evil is sending me away is greater than the other that thou wouldest, you know, thou great, that you did this unto me. In other words, she knew, according to the law, the law. I'm going to show you this. The law was saying if you had been violated, if you were, if you had uh, not been a virgin, what could happen to you? Mm -hmm. Deuteronomy 22. Just take it to the word. Just take it to the word. Just take it to the word. Take it to the word. That's all. Don't get mad at me. I'm just taking to the word. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Deuteronomy chapter 22, look at verse 13. It says, If any man take a wife, and he go in unto her and hate her, and give occasional speech against her, and bring up an even name upon her, and say, I took this woman, and when I came to her, I found her not a mate. Now hold that for a minute. Let me tell you this. And, 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 in connection with what we're studying over here. By him breaking her... Her, her, her taking away her virginity and breaking her in, no longer now was she a virgin. This law was saying, now watch this, when she did marry, because he didn't want to marry her now, but she was already defiled because he had taken away her virginity. So she was saying, don't do this to me. Don't do this because I'll be shamed. I'll be shamed in Israel. So if she would marry someone and went into the man that she would marry and he would lay out, because the word of God says this, he would take a token and lay it out under her, okay? She already knew what the law said and found her not to be a virgin. Hated her. He could put out. Now go back and let me show you this. Go back to Deuteronomy. Say it again. He could say, I took this woman, and when I came to her, I found her not a maid. Then shall the father of the damsel and her mother take and bring forth the tokens of the damsel virginity unto the elders of the city in the gate. In other words, when he went in, you know, when, when he married her, if she had been uh, pure, had been a virgin, they would take this token and give it to the parents. This was their evidence. That you gave us a daughter that was pure and that was a virgin. Now, if he lied against her, they had this. Said, but listen, you brought us this. 
you, this is the evidence that I had. My daughter was not defiled when she went into you. It's evidence. Now that's the law. Now I know we don't teach people <laughs> about the law and we, we go on. Let me share what the law says. Go back. This is now around verse 16. The damsel father shall say unto the elders that I gave my daughter to this man to be a wife and he hated her. So that's what she meant when she said that. And lo, he has given occasion of speech against her, saying that I found not thy daughter a maid. And yet these are the tokens of my daughter's virginity. Everybody with me? And they shall spread the cloth. See, I'm not making this up before the elders of the city. And the elders of that city shall take that man and they're going to do what with him? They're going to chase him. And they, and they, and, and they shall immerse him in a hundred shekels of silver and give them unto her father of the damsel because he has brought up an evil name upon a virgin of Israel and she shall be his wife and he may not put her away all his day. In other words, you stuck with her forever. So she knew the law. Now stay with me. And David knew the law. Go back. Watch how this thing play out. This is the word of God. I wish I could stay here with y'all night long. Because I would love to take you on to chapter 18, chapter 20. I want to take you on over there so you can see this. I, I was studying. It's at least 20 chapters. Oh, it's a chapter 20. Before you start seeing any breakthrough. Because of the conspiracy. The murder. My God, the lie. And how many people they brought in just from a friend that gave what? Bad, Bad advice. They even brought a woman in. Had that woman to lie. Well, you'll see. You'll see I'm not making this up. Let's go back. Amen. We're now, where are we? Chapter 13. Okay, I want to uh, take you down now. Then we can go to 19. Tamar put ashes, look at this, on her head, rent her garment. That means she was mourning. And divers color that was on her and laid her hand on her head. She went on crying. Now, this is what you got to see. Absalom was her brother. He said unto her, Has Ammon, your brother, been with thee? He knew that. He knew, he could look at it. He said, this is what he told her. Hold now your peace, my sister. He is your brother. Regard not this thing. So Tamar remained desolate in her brother Absalom's house, which was again the law. He was saying, listen. Don't say nothing. He did it. Keep quiet. Let's see. Round verse 23. It came to pass... After two years, everybody, look at this. Two years that Absalom had sheep shearing. In other words, he kept this thing in him for how many years? Two years. It was festival. And finally, and, and I'm, 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 I think I might bypass some of this and, and go some ways, but I want to tell you. Two years. He kept this in him. And when they got ready to shear these sheep, he went to his daddy and said, you know, we ought to have a festival. And I want to invite all of my brothers and the family so we can celebrate. And I want you to come. And David said he couldn't come. His plot. Absalom. He said, well, 
If you can't come, let Ammon come to represent your then. <laughs> In other words, he was feeling like he had convinced his dad after two years there was no animosity. Let's see what David did. This is around verse, let's go back up, verse 26. Then said Absalom, if not, I pray thee, let my brother Ammon go with us. And the king said unto him, why should he go with thee? Now David, he was suspicious. But Absalom pressed him that he let Amron and all the king's son go with him. Everybody see it? Now Absalom had commanded his servant, he said to them, Mark you now, when Ammon's heart is merry, when he drunk, and when I say to you, smite Amron, kill him. Don't fear to do it. Have not I commanded you, because he was a prince, be courageous and be valiant. The servants of Absalom, they did exactly what Absalom had told them to do. And then all the king, watch this, when all these other boys saw this, they jumped up and they ran. They got on mules. And by the way, a mule was an animal that a king rode. <laughs> Think on that for a minute. If you was a king, your mode of transportation was a mule. Now you think I made this up, and I'm trying to keep you here because I got to stop. Oh my God. I was going to take you sure when Jesus came in, when they were just saying, Hosanna, Hosanna, he rode in on a mule. Actually, it was a coat. And the thing about that, which was supernatural, a coat had not been broken in. And then he didn't go in bucking. Because the master that made his glory to was right Oh, I, I, I got to stop. It's 8 o'clock. Lord knows I wanted to finish this. <clears throat> Let me just give you something. I'll come back. And we'll pick up here in verse 30. We'll put verse 30. Well, let me tell you what you're going to look forward to. Listen. David got word that all his boys had been killed. But it really wasn't all his boys, but just Ammon. David didn't handle that like he should have. Let me stop and say this. When your children do wrong, you have to give them godly, sound advice. You can't let them think that their wrongdoing is sanctioned by you. David didn't do that. Because the law said what he was supposed to do. And you're going to find if you keep going on and you read this, that David, whereas he could have saved one son because Ammon is dead now. And Absalom was still living and the other one had run off. If he had followed the law and had done what the law said, he could have saved at least one of them. He could have stopped Absalom from being rebellious. But he didn't do it. And if you stay with me, you're going to see. It costs something. It costs him to run to his granddaddy. On his mama's side. She kept him. He kept him down there for three years. He was in exile. Hadn't seen his daddy. And finally, he talked Joab into going and tell Joab, says, um, I want to come back home now. He figured after three years, all he had done was over with. He said, go tell my daddy. 
and let me come back. But Joab did something. He, 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 let me tell you something. He wasn't no friend. Joab was the captain of the Israeli army. He wasn't no friend. Let me tell you something. When you mess up, you better know who you go to to tell you how to clean it up. Because you can go to the wrong person to be running your mouth telling people, and that's some folk that have attached themselves to you. And they're saying things, they'll bring something to you. And they'll say this to get you to talk. And you'll think that it's all right to be open with them. And you'll start running your mouth and they will be in the church on your pew. And you won't think nothing about it. This was his brother. David was the king. I, I, I gotta stop. But it's so much here that God wants us to glean from this. All I can tell you, meet me here and next week we will we'll just start at verse 30. So you can see the conspiracy, the lies, the vengeance, the, the hidden agendas. People promoting themselves, going to witches, getting folks to lie. Oh, the, the, the conspiracy. All because of the advice of a what? And I want to ask you this. I want to ask you this. I don't know who you've advised in the past. But could it be that some of the things that people that are going through was a long range effect of your advice? It's coming up again. But I can tell you this, that God is merciful. You need grace. You need peace. But what else do you need? You saw it for yourself. Don't we need it? And the way we need to do this, we go to God and don't accuse Him of things that we have that's happening to us. Because be sure your sins will find you out. But we're under grace. But it doesn't stop things from happening. God, like I said, God has given you a peace now. How about no hope? But the enemy gonna come back. So once you know, then stop. Because the more you indulge. You perpetuate it. Yes. But you stop. I know that's some thing, praise God, in place. I ain't not stuck up nobody and I ain't killed nobody and all of that, you know, just things that you know you do foolishly. In fact, the Bible called it ignorantly. And you can do that, but honey, when I came into the knowledge of the word of God, hallelujah, I wanted to bring my life in line with his word. To the degree that I was called a fool, crazy, lost your mind, what is wrong with you? You got your head staring in the sand. No, I mean, all kind of stuff. It hurt. But I know what God has said. It ain't over with you. It ain't over with you. Hallelujah. I wish I could tell you guys all this stuff that, that uh, since I've started teaching from years ago that I've encountered. But I want to tell you, it is well. I've been through some things, but it is well with my soul. Hallelujah. I didn't take vengeance in my own hands. Hurt, yes. 
said a few choice words here and there, praise God. <laughs> Ask God for forgiveness because I recognize the words of my mouth and what I meditated in my heart was not acceptable. Lord, you got to move this from me. Hallelujah. If you find anything else in me, move it. Search me, oh God. Know me. If there's any wicked way in me, reveal it to me. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Search me. I give you permission to search me. Yes. The police go in, they be searching. But they have to search what they got on that paper. Lord, I'm giving you permit anything you find. Glory. Confiscate. Get it. Hallelujah. I don't want to make me sick. And this, I'm, I'm, let me conjugate this verb. That you start out with sick, sicker, and the sick. Sickest. Well, let me add some more. Sickly, sickly, sickness. I don't make me go on. Cause I can take the word sick and just add to it. Sickly, sickness, sicker, sickly, and so on and on and on. Amen. Trust God through the process. Forgive him right now. We're gonna, we're gonna take a, a forgiveness break right now, Lord. Listen, I make a conscious decision to forgive every transgression against me. Past, present, even in the future. Don't say yes, yeah, say what I'm saying. Say it, you say it, you want to know? Lord, 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 in the name of Jesus, I make a conscious decision to forgive every transgression in the past, in the present, and even the future because I know you forgave me for my past, my future, and my present. In Jesus' name. The wages of sin is what? Yeah. You sitting up in here. Right. Hallelujah. You sitting up in here. Some of that stuff you was in, hunt on the law, you'll be dead. But the grace of God and the mercy of God and the peace of God. How you all that stuff you did, you sitting up here with some peace. Don't you know ain't nobody but God? Hallelujah. Ain't that good? And I'm sitting up here with peace. Thank you. My God. That's a gift from God. And it gets better. I got to stop. If you've been blessed by the word of the Lord, come on and be a blessing. Father, we thank you. We bless you even now. We receive this word. And how you've opened up our understanding. My God, that we are to walk in the counsel, not of the ungodly, but the counsel of the God. We thank you and we give you the glory right now for this word. And it make us better saints, better wives, better neighbors, better daughters, better sons, better mothers, better fathers. In the name of Jesus, that you'll get glory out of our lives. In Jesus' name, I glorify you. Amen. God is God. Lord have mercy. Did, did not our hearts burn within us as she spoke the word of God? Listen, you, some of this stuff, Dr. Davis was bringing on a Monday night Bible study, and it's still going on. Is some of that stuff people don't even know was in the Bible. You didn't even know that that man. Some folks don't even know that the man raped his sister. Some folks didn't even know that uh, David uh, high uh, as parenting skills. Some folks didn't even know that uh, that man, uh, that one brother killed another one. So a lot of stuff because people not searching the word. But not only that, preachers not preaching and going in depth with the word like that. 
um, in, in some, some, some of them anyway, in these days and times. So now, when you got problems and situations in your family, and you got things going on in your family, you think that, well, I can't come to church, well, I can't, you know, uh, pray, well, I can't get a breakthrough, I can't, God can't hear from, yes, he can. If you're a dope addict, if you had some problems, you may have been molested, you may have been doing some time, you might have did some things that you're not proud of, you may have some family issues and, and, and things like that, and God still can't use you. Still can use that family, so it can bless that family, so it can bring that family out. And we just thank God, glory to God, for what He's done and what He still is doing. And hanging here with me, I think I got about, about 10 more lessons, maybe, excuse me, about five or six more lessons from Dr. Davis. I'm going to put on here. And at the end of all this, I'm going to give you a number that you can call. Um, on every Monday night, 6.30, that you can call in and hear from this great woman of God and all that God is blessing her and doing with. So God bless you and keep you in Jesus' name.